1: Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself.
2: I love how summer just wraps its arms around you like a warm blanket. Kelly Elmore. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be the Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be the Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.com. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. I'm your co-host, Ruhani. Hello, I'm Sharania.
3: This is my first time co-hosting, so I'm really excited. This week, our program is all about summer plans. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music. iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Today, we have a new reporter in our first segment who actually happened to go to the same elementary school as I did. Her name is Kirti Aranian.
2: Kirthi Aranian, a budding philosopher who embodies the quintessence of everything and anything. She's a seventh grader from San Ramon, California, whose pastimes include debate, math, writing, and singing. Her ruminations involve the gradual extinctions of humans, and she can be seen engulfed in an existential crisis. She relishes debate, the fickle thing that blitzes her fingers and propels her through life at the speed of light. In her segment, Nerd Extraordinaire,
3: Kirthi strives to promulgate and publicize the extravagance of forensic debate and fiction writing and exhibit the world beyond plug-and-chug speech. She desires to introduce the debate world to listeners in a fascinating, magnificent new way that manifests the air of debate, thick with spontaneous comebacks and the pure thrill of it. Welcome, Kirthi,
4: to Express Yourself. Salutations, or for lack of a better word. Hi, I'm Kirky Olanian, and I'll be reporting for my segment, Nerd Extraordinaire, where I serve as an exponent for youth debaters across the world, and maybe a few of those fiction writers out there, too. In this segment, I desire to spread debate to a young audience and show how compelling it can really be. In today's show, I'm going to show you how you can use summer as a chance to become a better debater. Now, fellow debaters out there might be a teeny bit confused. What are you doing here, you ask? Debate season is done. And I agree. Summer is when us debaters whip off our thinking caps and put on our It's over! It's finally over! caps. Summer is when we lie on the beach, relaxing on a chair, the waves gently splashing, and euphonious hula music playing in the background. Nope. Who wants to relax? Not us. We'll be in a debate boot camp, marching in lines with iron rod backs and screaming "hot, we butt, hot, we butt" in unison. No, the fickle thing is that neither of these scenarios create a good debater. The first scenario would result in "it's my turn, what do I do now?" and "oh no, I don't know what to say now." and "ugh, why are they so good now?" The second scenario would obviously result in a burnout. You might be winning tournaments, but pretty soon you're gonna start to loathe debate. But that's not what we want, is it? Think of debate as a song. There's this one track playing on the radio that you just love. You listen to it again and again and again and again. And is again even a word anymore? The point is that when you listen to the song so many times, you don't feel like pirouetting or beatboxing or head spinning. You never want to hear that song again in your whole entire life. Debate is that one song. You drill all things debate into your brain and debate is now medieval torture deal. The goal is to enjoy debate. You don't wanna walk into a debate tournament completely unprepared, because even if you prepare after summer, chances are that you'll still struggle with extemporaneous class files and class examinations for those policy and Lincoln-Douglas debaters out there. But if you do the opposite and hate debate, your performance is definitely going to deteriorate in quality. The secret is to find a happy medium. Summer can definitely be a chance to polish those celestial debate gears from confused third grader to Ben Shapiro. A trick is to not study potential debate topics, but study debate techniques. Without any resolution or topic to go by, it's gonna be hard to find specific arguments that can help you. It's like being taught the quadratic formula. The teacher tells you it, you use it. But if the teacher doesn't tell you what X is equal to, you have to derive the formula from the equation. In our case, teacher is the resolution. To find our happy medium, we have to find the factors that make these arguments so useful, instead of making our own boot camp by searching for arguments. However, that isn't the end of it. You need to view debating in a way akin to how my cousin views ordering food. It's all, oh, I want the waffle fries from the place next to the place next to the place we went to five years ago. And let's get the takeout for my friends, cousins, dogs, brothers, mothers, fathers, great grandfathers, cows, chickens, neighbors, restaurant. And then we end up having like 15 delivery guys standing on a porch, wondering which one of them is going to get killed first. You need a little bit of everything in there, just like how my cousin wants a little bit of every restaurant to eat. You have to find debate strategies, but what kind? Debate strategies are going to help you the most during crossfires when you need to concoct a good argument instantly on the spot. Obviously, finding the factors that make an argument good would help. But the thing is that even if you have a good argument, you have to deliver it in a persuasive way. That's the beauty of debate that distinguishes it from things like persuasive or opinionated writing. You have to hold yourself in a way that shows that you are the boss here and that you are confident about your argument. Delivery strategies are also a must to work on the summer, when you don't have a resolution to go by. Now that you found your happy medium, soil and summer with sunglasses
2: and a thinking cap. Wow, Kirti, I love that. You are so passionate about debate, and that really shows. So, have you been debating a long time? Like, when did you start debating, and were you as interested in it as you are right now? I want to
4: say around second or third grade, So four or five years, and I'm going to be honest, debate was definitely something I dreaded going to, because debate isn't exactly a common pastime among people my age. When I say that I hope to compete in the NFL someday, people ask me if I play football, and then I have to deliver a five-minute speech on how the National Forensic League indeed is not about football, nor is it about crime scene investigation. I was always the quiet kid, but I opened my mouth once in fifth grade, and... I guess I haven't closed it since. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
3: you mentioned something about finding possible debate topics to prepare for. Is that even
4: possible? The thing is, debate tournaments follow a bit of a pattern with the topics, no matter the style. Most topics will evolve around politics or some unresolved issue within the authority whether it be the government or something like a school board. You're probably not going to walk into a debate tournament with a resolution like Batman is better than Superman or Harry Potter is smarter than Hermione Granger, which, by the way, will never happen. Another thing is that the topic has to be an unresolved issue. If there was a topic like the ocean is currently made up of water, then the affirmative side would obviously win because it is made up of water. This is a tautology, a statement that is always true. It's a fact. So that's not a valid debate topic. All these factors make this kind of cookie cutter for debate topics. But the it's not a super vague cookie cutter. But there's so many debate topics that you can get out of this. So it's not a really reliable method to find debate topics.
2: Wow. And I'm sure there is many different debate types. So which one's your favorite?
4: Yeah, there are several debate formats, Sometimes they're called styles. It's a bit of a strange decision, but I would say I enjoy debating the Lincoln-Douglas style the most because it traditionally emphasizes ethics, philosophy, and logos, which is just a fancy word for logic.
3: (laughs) So you seem really passionate about debating. So why do you enjoy it so much? I'm going to start
4: off by saying that there are a lot of thoughts in my brain. I often debate with myself. I started to enjoy debate, being because I could express these thoughts. And even if my strategies weren't very wise, e.g. saying the same thing over and over again, stall and wait for my time to finish. I genuinely started to like to learn techniques because I had the motivation, which is what I was trying to get at with the bootcamp metaphor. Because I had the meti- motivation, I could definitely enjoy it.
2: I love that. And how do you find people, how do people find the characteristics that make arguments good? The secret is to think
4: think, think, think. Why is this argument so good? Does it take the opponent's argument and mold so that it fits their argument? Does it make the other side's argument seem ethically long? Does it seem make it seem morally long? Does it make it seem logically long? The thing is that this good argument portrays the opponent's argument as a disadvantage and the own argument as an advantage. It has to break some sort of rule, whether it be ethics or logic.
3: So what are your, what are what are like, your, like, top
4: favorite delivery st- strategies to use during summer break? Personally, I think that one essential is that you shouldn't sound like you're reciting something from memory. Your voice shouldn't be newspaper monotonous. It should express some character, some emotion. It, this is a good factor that makes you a good speaker. If you don't show emotion but present great reasoning, you're a good writer, but you're not a good speaker. But in order to be a good debater, you need to be a good writer and a good speaker. But but during tournaments, th- this can be hard. Chances are that you're speaking like this, which can make it very hard to stress some things and ex- express any emotion because you're trying to sit so much in for such a little time. But if you speak like, speak like this, you appear to be more persuasive by getting your point through effectively and quickly.
2: Wow. Wow, that was so informative. So thank you so much. And welcome to Express Yourself. You did wonderful. That's it for this segment, and make sure you stay tuned for our next segment where I'll we'll be talking about our summer plans. I'm Ruhani.
3: We want to hear your thoughts and we want to hear your questions. So email us at btsy18radio at com. That's btsy18radio at the rage Check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at www.btsy.com. You can get involved with the Be The Star You Are charity. Buy books and t-shirts in our store. Sign up for our free newsletter and make a donation to the Be The Star You Are. I'm Sharanya and stay with us. We'll be right back. Thanks so much, Kirithi. You're great.
1: Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Be the star
0: you are. Light up the flame that
5: burns.
1: star you
0: are light up the flame that burns
6: low literacy and poor communication skills have been identified in studies as major contributors to general conduct disorders psychiatric disorders criminal behavior and adolescent suicide to live and prosper in this society we must be lifelong learners with access to knowledge and skills that can sustain our lives at work at home and in our communities Be the Star you are. 501c3 charity has been working to increase literacy and improve positive message programming since 1999 You can help by making a tax deductible donation today Visit www.bethestarur.org Everybody counts www.bethestarur.org Be the lucky
1: star You
3: Shiranya, And today, Ruhani, our co-host, is going to share her take on summer plans.
2: Yeah, so I'm going to go into my senior year of high school, which means that this summer is a really important time for me to start prepping for my college applications. And of course, I'll be having fun on the side. But I've heard like so much advice on how it's important to get started on my applications right now. So I'm not too overwhelmed in the fall, which happens in a lot of cases. So here's some things that are important for me and other rising seniors to do by the end of August. So this is really important. I've kind of been procrastinating on it, which is to narrow your list of colleges to between five and 10. So you can meet with the counselor about college choices. And if you haven't done so, download those college applications and financial aid forms and plan to visit as many of these colleges as possible. I do wanna go in like July to like the East Coast or wherever I plan on applying because sometimes by visiting the campus, you can capture the vibe of the school. Another important thing to do is to create a master list or calendar that includes the tests you'll take and their fees, dates and registration deadlines. So like college application due dates, required financial aid application forms and their deadlines. So, also make sure you have your high school's application processing deadlines um, because every high school is different. Like, I'm pretty sure mine, well, it depends. So, I want to apply like early decision to a school, then it's going to be in November. But if you're going to apply like regular decision, it'll be in the spring. And always remember to ask a counselor to help you request a fee waiver if you can't afford application or test fees. And a really, really, really important thing is to start your essays, which I've done. So the schools you're applying to might have the topics out already, and it's a really good idea to start. You can get all your thoughts together and just create an excellent essay. So you can also do something more to build your college resume. So I'm planning on volunteering more with my free writing workshops and to take two classes, pre-calculus and creative writing. I'm not a math person at all, but I am going to be taking pre-calc, so I can finish my high school with calculus and I'm only doing this to make it easier for me um, in college so I don't have to take it ever again. But other than doing all that, I am definitely going to be writing and reading a lot. So that's my idea of a lot of fun. (laughs) And of course, I'm going to hang out with friends as well. And it's so bittersweet to think about, but this is technically our last summer as children. And it really doesn't feel like that, but technically. So it's best to make the most of what you have. And one thing I love to do with my friends is to visit our old elementary school and meet our old teachers. They're all so kind and talking to them is so surreal. And if you have the ability to just meet them because they're going to be just as surprised as you that you're going to graduate soon. And all that nostalgia aside, I've been trying to think of a good novel idea and in the summer I love to read and write things set in these months so I also love to do tasks outside sitting in my patio and right now the weather is so nice I just want to soak up as much sun as possible.
3: Wow the, your summer sounds a lot of fun but a bit stressful for me. <laughs> so reading it's a good way to relax. I love reading, too. I have so many books I need to read. So what are some book recommendations you have?
2: Well, I actually have a whole list I'm trying like, trying to get through right now. And right now I'm reading The Secret History by Donna Tartt. And it's not a very summary book. It's kind of more of like an autumn book, actually. But it's very interesting. So here are some books specifically set in the summer. So... One is called Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid, and it's actually set in the 80s. So basically, four famous siblings have an unforgettable party in Malibu, California. And I've heard so many great things, especially that's a wonderful beach read, and I'm planning to read it on a beach. And speaking of beach reads, there's actually a book called Beach Read by Emily Henry. And it's about two writers who write vastly different genres, and they fall in love, I think. And at first glance, it seems like a typical romance novel, but looking at the reviews, there seems to be more plot, plot, and I'm really excited to read this one. And this one I'm also really excited for. It's called One Italian Summer by Rebecca Searle, and this is the synopsis, which I found very beautiful. When Kathy's mother, Carol, dies after a battle with cancer, Kathy is lost. She and her mother were extremely close, and their relationship was one for the ages. They've been planning a trip to Italy together, so Kathy decides to go by herself. And it seems like a tearjerker set in a great vacation destination, which is just my top type of novel. So after I finish The Secret History, I am going to be moving on to these.
3: Wow, I actually want to put some of these on my to-be-read list. And I actually read Malibu Rising. It was pretty good.
2: Oh, great. Yeah, I really want to read it. Is it good?
3: Yeah, it's really good. so yeah and along with books do you like to watch movies
2: too and if you do what are some recommendations so I love movies and in the summer I love watching movies set in the summertime and one of them is the Florida Project which came out in 2017 so I've watched it during the past two summers and it's made me cry every time it's a really illuminating tale and perspective of a little girl living in a Florida motel so it's like generally one of the best movies I have ever watched I love it so much and I'm trying to think of another summer movie well one of them is The Great Gatsby which is I prefer the 2013 version with Leonardo DiCaprio so actually The Great Gatsby is one of my favorite books even though it seems to be like everyone's favorite books and I just finished reading it for English class So it's actually set in a summer in the 1920s, you know, talks a lot about the American dream, the failures of the American dream. But my favorite part is the movie's amazing soundtrack and the cinematography is just so aesthetic and beautiful. I also have to rewatch the entire Harry Potter series. It's like my summer tradition. And right now I'm rereading this entire series for like the 30th time. So the movies come next. Wow. I need to put
3: a lot of this on my list. So what are some summer activities you like besides reading and writing and watching movies?
2: Well, I love to bike. Um, Biking is a lot of fun. It's a great way to get exercise, especially if you like bike along the lake. It's very peaceful and pretty, especially when it's during sunset or sunrise. So you can bring your friends or do it on your own with your AirPods in. I love doing that. And another thing I like to do, but I'm not really good at at all is paint. So I love painting sunrises with pink clouds. And there are also some like YouTube channels that will show you like tutorials on how to paint, especially if you're like not an expert like me. And two of them are called Paint Basket and Kevin Oil Painting. I really recommend it if you just want to chill and like relax, just paint a little scenery. And another great thing to do is cook. So summer recipes, they're the best. Right now, I'm obsessed with this recipe called Cowboy Caviar. It's I found it on TikTok, actually, and some of the recipes on there are just amazing. It's very simple to make. So this one, Cowboy Caviar, just requires four Roma tomatoes, three avocados, one half white onion, one half bell pepper, one half jalapeno, and one cup cilantro, one can of corn, one can of black beans, and one juice line lime so you mix it together and then you just add salt and pepper and two tablespoons of light italian dressing it's really good and it's actually pretty healthy i think so you can eat it with chips or in your tacos or just eat it plain like a salad so i really recommend that
3: wow thank you for the recipe for a summer snack so thanks for all that ruhani unfortunately we're out of time for this segment We'll be back with my summer plans in the next one. So make sure you stay tuned.
1: Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit expressyourselfteenradio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself, Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Be the star
0: you are. Light up the flame that burns star you are light up the flame that burns
6: low literacy and poor communication skills have been identified in studies as major contributors to general conduct disorders psychiatric disorders criminal behavior and adolescent suicide to live and prosper in this society we must be lifelong learners with access to knowledge and skills that can sustain our lives at work at home and in our communities Be the Star You Are, 501C3 charity, has been working to increase literacy and improve positive message programming since 1999. You can help by making a tax-deductible donation today. Visit www.BeTheStarYouAre.org Everybody counts www.BeTheStarYouAre.org
1: Be the lucky star you
2: about summer vacation and our summer plans. And now our co-host, Rania, is going to share her segment.
3: Hello everyone, it's summer. And I don't know about all of you, but school is out for me. School ending is like a bittersweet moment. You're so happy because the constant quizzes and assessments have stopped for two months. But then you're sad, not being able to talk to your friends every day at school. I'm gonna be going to eighth grade, What grades are you guys going to? I'm already really excited, even if it's two months. Over the summer, I have vacation plans, math camps, and loads of time to write, which I'm looking forward to. I never have to make a specific time for me to write like I used to when I was in school. All I have to do is write when I feel like it. The sense of being able to write whenever I want, it's making me feel like an artist. And I'm cracking up at the image of me in a red beret, in a mime-like black-and-white striped shirt, and an intense look on my face. But that's what it feels like. Summer equals to creative freedom. I guess, and I love the feeling, that I can explore more in my head without other thoughts restricting my head. So I have ideas for all of you about writing and summer. I don't know, but there's something poetic about the vibe of summer when you think about it. The jolliness and the cheeriness brings a different tone to the year than the other seasons. But that's just me, I guess. The popsicles and ice creams, beach trips and warm weather brings a smile to my face. And it'll make me write more jaunty poems filled with excitement rather than the often brooding ones I write. So today, I have a brainstorming activity for all of you, and it's on the lighter side of things I've asked you guys to do on this segment. I'm going to ask all of you to write a list of things you absolutely adore about summer. It can be as silly as you want. It doesn't matter because it's summer. Nobody's going to grade it. On my list, one of the things is literally eating ice cream in the morning and trying to get a brain freeze. I don't know why, but it's one of the best feelings. When you just got a brain freeze and your head turns all warm, it's super enthralling. Or is that just me? It's probably just me. So try to write at least 30 things you love about summer. I know I'm asking a lot, but just 30 things you love about this wonderful season. Then rip them up into chits and put them into a bowl or anything that resembles a half sphere. A cap will even work. Toss them around and pick one whenever you feel like you want to write, but don't know what to write. Boredom appears very quickly during summertime. For example, if your favorite thing about summer is the feeling of sand against your hands, write something that describes it. I'm not asking any of you to write a poem or a short story or a novel. Just write a sentence that perfectly describes everything about that moment. In the best terms possible, Write something that describes the who, what, where, when, why, and the how. All the specifications that kindergarten teachers tell us. Using the example of the feeling of sand against your hands, let's find the who. Obviously you, or whoever loves that feeling. To me, it's a bit off-putting. What's the what? The sand running through your hand. Where? The beach. When when the sun's shining, of course, how you're brushing your hand against the sand. So you have to now whip out your creative glue that's sticky as melted popsicles, and that is one of the stickiest materials there. I learned that the hard way. Using my summer crafting writing skills while in a red beret mime shirt and a writing mood and an intense expression on my face, I've crafted a few sentences. Beware, it may be purple prose, and I'm extremely sorry for that. But sometimes I just love adjectives so much. The sand running through my hand at the beach with the sun pouring on my face. I just take in the moment. The coarse grains feel like a foreign sensation that invites you in, and I breathe softly, waiting for the second of the sand passing through, pass by as an eternity. So, now that I've given you another brainstorming technique, let me present you with the poem I wrote, which I feel perfectly and captures my feelings in summer, perfectly, with a pretty bow. So here's my poem, Summer Serenade. Waking up to the sound of birds chirping, with the time 8.50, brightly flashing on my clock. The time I'd probably be taking notes furiously, the sun pouring in my face, making my boredom stop. The morning sun is my motivator, as I feel free because suddenly the calm wind is my spark. Like the song of the world suddenly became sweeter, and it evaded the dark. Kids running around with smiles set on their face. No more grades for two months. And all we have time to do is play. I just love summer. And it's a dulcet tune because in the end, we all love summer because of the summer serenade. Thank you.
2: Wow, I love your poem. And I'm a huge fan of adjectives too, so don't worry. (laughs) It was written so beautifully. And... I know you're a writer, so what else are you planning to do? Because you need inspiration, right, this summer?
3: Yeah, so pretty much for inspiration. Alongside writing, my family and I are going to be going on a 10-day road trip through Oregon and Washington, and I'm li- really looking forward to it. I'm going to be immersed in both nature and the cosmopolitan scene, Seattle and Oregon nature. So bunch of new topics to write about for sure.
2: Yeah, and you're based in the Bay Area, right? So the road you're going to go through is really, really beautiful. I've been through it before. It's like you're going to see like these amazing waterfalls and it's like beautiful, tall trees. You're going to love it.
3: You see the best thing that I love in nature is a bridge and a waterfall behind that. That scene is just amazing.
2: Yeah, I'm sure you're going to see a lot of that. And other than scenery, what can motivate people to write in the summer? You know, because... People who don't write, they can kind of think of it as a tedious job. Okay, so I can
3: confidently say that the most of you um, listening will find this point in summer where you'll be bored out of your mind and you'll have nothing to do. And you'll just be sitting around and just complain about being bored. And that very time slot is where you can write about anything. It takes away from the notion that writing is hard to do and is very monotonous because it's literally combating against boredom which is the most boring thing boredom (laughs) is boring
2: in the world yeah exactly and tell me more about your like writing process so do you take your computer to write or do you like write with a tablet and pen so
3: i don't usually take my computer while i'm traveling like unless i'm going for a long time but 10 days is really long time so i usually take my phone and then i have a notebook and a pencil so I write in my notebook with a pencil, but that usually states it's in the hotel. And I take my phone everywhere. So probably my phone. My notes is just filled with many
2: ideas. So whenever you get an idea, you just open the notes up and are yes. it down in paper. I try to think of myself as an
3: espionage writer. I lock all of my notes with passwords because it makes me feel very important. And then I write <laughs> all my writing ideas there.
2: Honestly I should do that because I have so many ideas in my notes app as well, but it's like I actually share like an iCloud which with like some family members. So they could probably see it now that I think about it. I'm gonna be like you and just lock it up. Wait. My parents can see my notes. I
3: need to delete some things here.
2: (laughs) That's funny. So when you write, like everyone needs some brain food, right? So what is some what's your like favorite summertime writing snack?
3: Okay, so I can tell you for a fact that eating helps all your brain juices work together and your writing just has a different level. It's like just up there. And my favorite snack that just gets my brain flowing is, drumroll please everybody, a lemonade and a brownie. I don't know why but I just love these two. The lemonade is just refreshing and the brownie has chocolate in it and if I could, I would live on chocolate for the rest of my life, but I can't, sadly.
2: So yeah. Okay. <laughs> for brownies, do you like the edge pieces or the center pieces? Because I'm an edge piece type person. Same.
3: Like yeah. do you need to have the crunchy part, like the the perfect texture on the outside and the soft part with the edge provides.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think um do you like bake it on your own? Because I love baking from like the Ghirardelli mix. It's so tasty. Okay, so
3: I help my mom, but if I try to make something on my own, we won't have a house anymore.
2: <laughs> Honestly, same. I'm like, I'm the only thing I'm like good at making is like what I described in my segment, like simple recipes like that. Cause I am not like a great like. I'm terrible at chopping vegetables. Like I have to have like a dicer that does it for you, but it's really helpful. So, what genres are you planning to write this summer? Um, definitely poetry, and then probably
3: like fiction but more specifically realistic fiction and probably random fantasy ideas. My Mm. fantasy writing isn't that good. I want to make it better.
2: Really? So are you trying to like are you how do you do like world building because that is such a hard task to do in writing is to have like you know. uh,
3: So my favorite fantasy novel or dystopian is probably gonna be the Hunger Games. And the world that they made in Hunger Games was so dystopian and so fun to read and so filled with adjectives that I wanted to make a world just like that. So right now I'm trying to build a world which which is a happier version of that
2: because District 12 is just too depressing. <laughs> I get that. I I think The Hunger Games is honestly, like, a great book to read, especially if you, like, want to write fantasy or dystopian novels, because it's kind of, like, the building block of everything we've had since then, like, Divergent, and I feel like The Hunger Games is kind of, like, the blueprint, and it's, like, a very good political commentary, so do you, like, map it out? Like, do you do, like, world maps, or... So my favorite thing
3: to do is write profiles for characters but then never write the story because I'm just too lazy but so I make all the character profiles and then put make this I draw this map and then put where they all live and then I think I have like five pages worth of worlds I've built and they've never made it on to my computer.
2: Yeah that is the hard part right like you can think of all the like backstories and everything but transferring it it can be tough and hard thing to combat
3: I had started writing about 10 stories and I never finished one of them
2: yes like for you what is like the hardest part to write is it like the beginning the middle or the the end the beginning Mm. I just
3: don't know how to start it off
2: yeah it can be really hard do you like sometimes just start with the middle and then try to maybe go back or do you like doing it chronologically I just write
3: the beginning chapter and then I'm like this is all I thought about in the book. I just love the characters that much that all I want is the characters and I never think about the
2: plot. I should really work on my plot building skills. Yeah, there are a lot of tasks you can do for it. I think just like, you know, setting 10 minutes just to think of what your characters can be doing, right? How they interact yeah. with each other, because that yeah. builds a lot. And are your characters usually like a little bit older? Or are they like your age? Like which ages do you like writing the most? Okay.
3: So none of my characters are really toddlers, but most of my characters are teenagers. My age or like a bit older, like the max age I've written or made a character profile about was about 18 or 19. But the main characters are always my age.
2: Yes, I always do that. Like whenever I want to write a protagonist, I cannot. I mean, you can try but it's like hard, right, to write someone like older than you, especially I think younger you can do because you know you were in that time period yeah
3: so okay here's a funny story in one of my fantasy map things I Mm -hmm. um had a toddler superhero I couldn't really relate with anything there I forgot everything about (laughs) being a toddler
2: that was one of my most yeah short-lived fantasy (laughs) maps that's so cute have you watched the Incredibles it's like a really good movie they had like like superheroes are like really like young okay I forgot the
3: baby's name, but she was the most adorable thing in the world. Jack Jack, yeah. I yes,
2: was, that's yes.
3: incredibles when I was young. Oh, yeah, and then Again. Violet was just that moody teenager. I can relate to her now with the bubblegum. I don't yes. chew I don't chew bubblegum, but I can relate with the emo <laughs> attitude.
2: Yes, I think everyone, especially when I was, like, 12 to 13, that was, like, my emo phase. I think everyone just goes through this, like, cycle where you just hate everything and everyone. But you grow out of it, I think.
3: Right now, my favorite color is black, and everybody tells me I'm going through my emo phase, but I don't (laughs) get it. Black is just such a good color.
2: And they're, like, the most fun characters to write, I think, especially if they, like, seem rough on the inside, but they're very soft on the outside.
3: Yeah, so basically... Um, You know, like, the different tropes? One of my favorite is the villain trope where they, like, go through this, like, very terrible backstory and then they suddenly become the villain, but suddenly you think the villain is the good guy.
2: Ooh, yeah, like redemption. Yes. Redemption arcs. yes. I think that is, like, a very challenging thing thing to write. You have to, like, really make the audience fall for them for that to happen, but I think a lot of the times we can kind of, like there's some villains that we can kind of relate to, you know? Yeah,
3: I spent so much time thinking about villains that I made, I think I made one of the most hated villains, um, Joker,
2: into a good guy in my mind. Wow, I would love to see how you accomplished that, because everyone hates him. Yes, because I spent
3: so much time thinking about everything, I'm like, you know, he might not be that bad of a person. Maybe he just went through something. Like, why does he have that creepy smile?
2: Maybe someone did something. I'm trying to remember his backstory. There's, like, these series called, like, The Dark Knight. I think they do explain yeah, something. The, yeah, for The Dark Knight, um,
3: he just comes up with new stories for the scar of his smile.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. I just remember loving the series when I was younger, but my mom never liked me watching it because she thought it was too scary. And it was, but really I, I just good. recently
3: got into the superhero genre and like a year ago or something. And now my favorite superhero would be um, Iron Man. And my favorite villain is Joker.
2: Wow. So you're a Marvel fan too then?
3: Yes, Marvel all the way. DC has some gritty stuff and nice villains, but it can't ever compare to the superheroes.
2: Yes, I think I also went through a really, really big Marvel phase. And whenever, like, the new Spider-Man movie comes out, like, the one that came in December um, with, like, the collaboration of, like, all three Spider-Men, I I loved it so much.
3: I haven't watched that yet. Everybody tries spoiling it for me,
2: but I need to watch it soon. It's really good. It has, like, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and then Tom Holland, so it's, like, a blast from the past. It's really, really funny. I have.
3: I haven't watched any Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. I've watched Tom
2: Holland and Andrew Garfield. Yeah, Tobey Maguire was, like, when my brother was little. So it was, like, a long time. Like, 2002, 2003. But, yeah. That's, That's a long time ago. I was only born two years after that. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, are you into, like, um, like, fan fiction? Do you, like, write about, like, your favorite characters from, like, series that have already been written? I'm mean, going to, like
3: all my friends will dislike me heavily after this but i just don't get fan fiction i just don't get it like like sure you like a character and then you make a story all about the car- character i get that part but then the your name fan fictions i just don't get
2: that yeah i, I wish i could say the same because growing up i was a huge fan of like the band one direction so i was oh, like my God obsessively one direction right used now. to
3: be yeah one direction used to be the only band i knew or like any musical artist i knew in like second third and fourth so i proclaimed myself as a one direction fan and the only two songs i knew were like drag me down and story of my life
2: i'm actually still a huge harry styles fan like now it's less one direction but i'm such a diehard fan for him like i've been to his concert like twice and i want to go again so i, I like i
3: prefer Niall Horan or Zane.
2: Over. Yeah, great. I, I think they're all really talented. But recently, like, one of the members was under fire because Liam, he mm-hmm. uh, he said some weird things, like, that he's, like, better than all the other members. So, oh. Yeah. I don't way. like his songs that much, to be honest. You I know, like, he performed at my high school. Like, he performed in our like, gymnasium. Like, actually. Like, really wow. Dance. It was so weird. They didn't even let me in because I was too young at the time. Like, I was in eighth grade, so they were like, no, it's only for, like, freshmen and above, which I was really mad about. Wait, you had the same school for high school and middle school? No, 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 So, I – so, our middle, my middle school's, like, right behind it. So, like, I knew everything that was going on. And oh, okay. When I heard, like, one of the One Direction members coming, I was like, please let me in. But, you know, they didn't. yeah. But, you know, I hope you have a great summer. I hope you have a great summer, too. Have lots of fun writing and reading, and your road trip is going to be amazing. So you should send some pictures, because I'd love to see it. I'm looking forward to
3: it, and I hope you have an amazing time looking at colleges.
2: (laughs) I'll try, but thank you. and. I hope everyone enjoyed our show today, but unfortunately, we're out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to StarStar Star Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our audio engineer, Josh. Thank you to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. So, for more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestaryouare.org. Make sure you find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio and have fun this summer and explore new areas that you have never stepped into. As always, remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself.
0: Hmm.